Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Privileged Black Kids with your host, Kendall Camp. On today's episode, I brought on my friend Josie Simmons and Josh Hamilton to talk about have top colleges become exclusive country clubs? We spoke about their experiences and differences between public and private institutions, exclusivity within colleges in America, and how COVID-19 could change education. Now bear with me, I had a couple times where I had interruptions due to the Instagram live cutting off. We tried recording this episode and it went decently well, but we had a couple uh, mistakes. Um, also, we recorded this in a room with no door. So if you might hear another door close or a lawnmower at one point, just bear with us. It wasn't too bad, but just want to let you guys know the circumstances of when we record this. Um, if you're listening right now, take a screenshot and post your Instagram stories and show me that you're tuned in. Make sure to tag my personal Instagram page, which is at underscore Kindle Camp, and tag Josie's Instagram at Josephina Sims and Josh's Instagrams at joshham.etc. I'll put all that information in the description. Also, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or any other podcast platforms that you're listening on if you like this podcast as well. Thank you guys so much for love and support. And here's another episode of Privileged Black Kids. Hello, guys. This is another episode of Privileged Black Kids with your host, Kendall Camp. And today I'm speaking with Josie Simmons and Josh Hamilton. So how are you guys doing? doing As good as we can be. Doing good. Really okay. good, yeah. Living. Okay. So on this episode, I decided to title it Hard to Get In, Hard to Fit In and discuss have top colleges become exclusive country clubs. Um, for the audience, though, like I want you guys to kind of introduce yourselves and like tell me about your experiences at your respective colleges. Okay, I'll go first. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Josie and I go to USC in L.A., and so far, my college experience at USC has been great. I love it. Can't complain. Um, obviously, there's more to it, but that's, we'll just do that for the surface level right now. Uh, my name is Joshua, Joshua Hamilton. Um, I go to Chico State, about three hours north of Modesto. Uh, so far, I've had the blessing of going to Chico, playing basketball there, which has been nice. Um, living at the college experience, um, dabbling in fraternity life. And seeing both aspects of that, um, it's Chico is very interesting. People come from all up and down California. Uh, some people come for like man, just a college experience, and some people actually come to go to school. So I guess you get the best of both worlds and people. Hmm. So like, why would you say like it's really interesting? What's, what do you think sets Chico apart from other schools? I would say the people. The people are just. I say the people are interesting. I mean, this. I feel like everybody's there to have a good time, so everybody's very loving and just like affectionate and always smiling. I don't know. It's just a very good environment to be around, but I feel like it's easy to get caught into that and want to party and like do everything at once and like be everywhere you can be Tuesday through Sunday. Etc. Etc. So I think that's what makes it interesting. I don't know about USC or Morehouse, but Chico, it's it's pretty wild. So Josie, with you being at a top school like USC, you know, very high ranked, a lot of prestige, also a lot of money to go <laughs> to. Um, you know, what would you say as far as if somebody said, you know, about USC and kind of the term exclusivity? I would say it's exclusive in 
obviously well it's private that's probably the main difference between um mine and josh's school so i feel like obviously the price is higher and usc is known for its connections and networking so it has like a bunch of really famous alumni and um big ceos that invest there are graduated from their um, directors it's like in the heart of la so it's very much hollywood so i feel like a lot of um people gravitate towards it because it has that all those aspects wrapped into one um good sports like top athletes all that good stuff um so i feel like it's exclusive in the sense that a lot of people do a lot of things and take a lot of risk to get into the school which aren't as smart and obviously there's like a huge like divide between the people who have like a a bunch of money there and the people who don't and like there's a lot of merit at usc so there are a lot of kids that are on scholarship and um kids who aren't and i think there's just like taking a look at the campus or walking on it you kind of feel that there's a lot of money into it but you know that not everyone's able to pay for it so obviously there's benefits no no eighty thousand dollars for what i mean like you get yeah but that's like with like room and board and like it's a lot of money (laughs) eighty thousand dollars a year um like room and like meal plans and all that it adds up and then like depends on where you're living all that stuff but i don't think it's worth i don't think any education is worth eighty thousand dollars but i'm paying it i love it i mean i wish it was i don't i don't know i don't think you should be paying eighty thousand dollars for connections that's basically what you're paying for so why so why do you think students keep because still usc is a big brand a lot of people pay for it why do you think kids or parents keep paying for their kids to go to usc and also, like, why do you think the price keeps going up and up and up? I think because the people who price the scholarship, or not the scholarship, the um, tuition, they know that people are going to be willing and able to pay for a name. It's literally, it comes down to name, like the history of it, um, the sports team, um, location, obviously it's L.A., so L.A.'s pricey in general. Mm-hmm. Um the alumni that come into it, the opportunities that come out of it. So I get I get why parents want their ki- kids to go. That's the same for reason for, like, Harvard. Obviously, Harvard and, and, like, Stanford are better schools in terms of rankings, but um, you're still paying for name. And I remember doing applications. Like, my dad was very into, like, schools that will look good on resumes, but that's not necessarily, like, he rejects all other small schools because both my brothers go to smaller schools with not as much weight to their name but um saying i have i think there's always this misconception that having like harvard or like stanford or usc on your application post grad is a lot easier to get into different places Mm. that's just so i was kind of wondering with you josh you know being at chico state being at a state school do you feel like the opportunities are either fair or unfair that somebody else may have an advantage that goes to maybe like a top school in america um, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's fair or unfair. I feel like it's what you make out of it in the sense that it's all about who you know. I mean, I don't know who went to USC or I don't know who went to Morehouse or alumni there or established connections there, but whatever field you're choosing, I feel like it's making the most of the people there and kind of utilizing you to know them to like further brand yourself or further progress yourself. But I wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say it's fair or unfair that they have incredible alumni or Morehouse has incredible alumni who 
have gone to great do great things. I know Chico had some incredible alumni as well. So it's kind of just whoever you meet there, kind of just making the most out of it, and it's like establishing strong friendships and connections with them. So like, what are some of like the good connections like you feel like you made so far, like while being a Chico? This I would say just meeting good people. I've tried to keep myself surrounded by people who want to do things in life and aspire to do things in life and not kind of just out there to be out there. I mean, I've, I would say I have friends who are, obviously are all about the college experience. I mean, I enjoy my college experience as well, but I've definitely made some friends that I can see myself doing business with in the future or like doing things so on in the future that will help us progress ourselves also. Hmm. So I had a question for both of you guys, and it's kind of like the meat of the discussion. But how would you guys define exclusivity for colleges in America? Um, I read a study by CNBC that actually like Harvard's class of 2022 is now more than one third legacy. And I'm kind of now wondering from your perspective, what do you guys think about as far as exclusivity for colleges in America and also how that ties into legacy and wealth? Um, I think it could be a good and a bad thing. Um, I mean, I think I'm a little biased. Both my parents went to USC, and so I know like the legacy status is like a real thing. But um, I didn't get in my first year, so it's not mm-hmm. like it was like just because my parents went there that I'm able to get in. I still like they still hold you accountable for grades. Some of us are held ac- accountable for our grades and like SAT, AT, ACT <laughs> scores. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that supposed to be? No, well, you know the college scandals of oh, people yeah, like paying and like cheating their way into the college system. Um, now you just literally like <laughs> threw me off. My bad, yo. My bad, yo. I'm sorry. I also, but you, with you, you know, being the, the that scandals that we all heard about, like for you as a student, what was that like, and what were the conversations among like all your all your peers? When well, that I was at UConn before, so I okay. transferred into USC my second year, but you could like hear it all the way from like the west coast going all the way to the east coast and like our professors were talking about it too but then like i feel like people are still talking about it on usc's campus even though it's been like like what like a year and the trial's like still going on mm-hmm. um i think there's a little bit of um animosity around or like with the students um because it is like kind of like shaded in discussion um especially with professors and like there's always a bit of like i don't know like attitude in the tone like people aren't happy with it because Mm -hmm. a lot of these kids including myself um like worked hard to get to where we are and like sleepless nights in high school and like making sure we studied for the act and then people like come in and um basically they can do whatever they want because they have money or they have name um but i know like i feel like exclusivity on usc's campus is very prominent um and it's kind of like, you know who has money, because I feel like a lot of people like to show that they have money at USC, which is, like, good and, like, it's So, like, like what are some bad. experiences that you've had where people are like, yeah, they're really trying to show off the amount of money that they have? I don't want to say, like, experiences, because, like, you just walk on campus and you see it. Like, people just have money, and, like, if they have it, a lot of them show it, like, and then there's, like, um, I know Greek life is a huge thing at USC, and, like, some of my friends are in Greek life, and I'm, like, not crapping on them or anything mm-hmm. or what they want to do but at the same time like you can tell like that whole row it's called the row which are where our greek life is is very much like wealthy like even 
when Josh came yeah. to visit, it was like very like clear like there is like a lot of money in this street and like Insane. it's kind of like its own world. Like once you cross into that cross into the street, I think it's like thirty seventh street or something like that. Um, it's like all wealth right there. And then like you come out right outside of it and it's just you don't know what ghetto. money is until you see that Greek route. So can you give me more <laughs> I guess more of a descriptive kind of background as far as what it's like at USC as far as the wealth that is there. Because you know, for a person that may not be um from that area or have been like they're probably wondering you know what is a usc like as far as the wealth that is there and the things that they might they went on campus they would see they would be like wow that's that's different okay so it's like um what's that phrase a diamond in a rough because obviously we're not in the we're in south central la so it's not the best area literally like three minutes later you can go to like roscoe's or something (laughs) but um but like if you walked on campus, I think you could. It's like clear and like the cars that people are driving, like G wagons, um, foreign. What is it? Ferraris, Porsches, Ferraris. like foreign whips. Foreign whips yeah, <laughs> um, BMWs, Mercedes everywhere. Um, and most of the kids there are CEO kids. They are like a lot of them are models. Um, people who have their own startup companies or have the income and resources to start their own startup companies. Um, um, celebrities kids celebrities themselves and then there's like so there's like that's like half or more than half of the population and then like people who aren't on scholarships and can pay the full tuition which is a lot when most people can't pay that um on a regular basis Does and then there's in the school like kind of like lower or like in a different realm than them in a sense than the people who pay full no, in the sense like there's like celebrity kids there. Oh no, I think it's like I think it's like if you idolize those people, then I feel like it, you obviously are gonna feel that kind of like sense of like you're not on the same pedestal as mm. them. But um, I remember like David Dobrik. I don't know how to say his name. Yeah, yeah, sure, David like, Dobrik. He like yeah. came on campus and everyone was like, oh my god, like he's on campus. But like, I know he does YouTube, but like I don't really care. Like I'm sure he's a great person, but. I mean, it's just how much you pay attention to that stuff matters. Dobrik's a good, good. Yeah, yeah. I've seen like some of the stuff that he's done, but Mm -hmm. I'm not like sitting there like in a craze. Yeah. I feel like I've seen like one of the Grey's Anatomy actresses work. She's a professor at our college campus, and that was like the most like starstruck that I was. But Mm -hmm. it didn't like motivate me to do anything, Um, because I feel like that's just like LA culture. And, like, you get used to it. Like, I was so surprised okay. to be seeing, like, celebrities in general. But then people who were, like, my friends who were born and raised in L.A. were, like, yeah, that's, like, normal. Like, my friend's partying at Drake's house and mm. so-and-so. Like, that's just, like, that's, like, normal for L.A. It's that's Hollywood. Crazy. You're literally in the land of Hollywood. So do you have friends that, you know, they were never, they never grew up around in that area, just don't know. And when they got to USC, they were just very starstruck. I think my roommate, my first roommate, she ended up moving out because we had differences. But um, <laughs> she um, was from, she's from Bakersfield. Bakersfield? Yeah. Oh. People oh, from Bakersfield go to 180. No, seriously. Like, like, For people who don't know California, Bakersfield is probably... <laughs> the most desolate. Bakersfield is one of the worst. Yeah. Like, who comes from Bakersfield? No offense. But I just don't know anybody who comes. I've never met a person or no. Soul there's probably sent. people that have come from Bakersfield. It's just like we've all been to Bakersfield. It's just a yeah, big you place. drive through it. Yeah, yeah, you drive through it to get to LA to get to the the fun, you know, city yeah. stuff. Um, but she like was so starstruck by the the wealth. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna name her obviously, but she was like on scholarship on a huge scholarship. So like being around 
And from Bakersfield's not, like, a rich area at all. Mm-hmm. So I think being around the wealth and, like, the celebrity status and, like, people who are, like, very much into their looks and, like, always socializing was, like, a huge contrast for her. And I think she mentioned it um, quite a bit and was, like, shocked. I hope like, she I hope she'd do something big. Like, I'm from Bakersfield. <laughs> That'd be tough. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Josh, you know, you being, you know, coming from Chico, like, you know, how would you define, like, exclusivity for colleges in America? Um, Chico's totally different. Like, she talked about the scandal. And, like, nobody in Chico cared about this. From me, like, people I talk to, nobody cared about that scandal. Like, almost in Chico, if it's not related to Chico or, like, dealing with Chico, it's kind of like nobody really cares about it, almost. Mm. Kind of just, like, so into the whole Chico culture and the Chico environment. It's just, yeah. it's all about us. And, like, I'm sure there's wealthy people at Chico, but, like, you would never even notice. Because everybody just kind of, it's like all within one, which is kind of nice. So it's like you never see the top and then the bottom. Like it's, like, it's not like a big dress difference. Like she was saying, like, to where it's like celebrity kids or people driving foreign. It's like in Chico, like a Chico car is like a 97 Chevy. Like that's a Chico car. Like, okay, you from Chico. Or like type thing. Or like a, a beat up 98 Honda. Like that's a Chico car. Like you're not going to see, no. I've seen a G-Wagon in Chico. I'd be like. Who well, I, I see a Challenger in Chico, like a, I see a 2012 Challenger, I'm like, ooh, like, you got money. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because everything is just, like, all within itself, and everybody's kind of clicks, no matter what background you, like, come from, almost. But that's just my yeah. I don't want to say, like, point of view. I don't think, I think there's, sure, there are a lot of people who are, like, obvious about their wealth and, like, rude about mm-hmm. their wealth, or, like, they don't like being friends with people who don't come from wealthy places, but I... I'm going to say that, like, it. we're all part of the same place. So there's not, like, no one's going to, like, say, like, you're poor because you, you're not, like, a celebrity's child. Like, it's, mm. I, I don't, I don't feel, I haven't seen that. I'm sure people feel internally that they're not, maybe not um, good enough because they don't have a lot of money or, mm. like, can't wear the same things or walk around campus wearing the same things or driving or even drive, like, mm. having a car yeah. on campus in general. Parking's freaking insane. But, um... I still think, like, people are still, like, we're all, like, Trojans, as corny as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all going to the football games. Like, no one's getting, like, deluxe seats in student section. Like, we're all you sure there. about that? No, I promise you Okay, not. just making sure, because, hey, you never know. But, um... What about Morehouse, is it? What's this it's weird. Like? It's like, um... It's interesting how you were talking about how when the whole, like, college scandal like, at USC, mm-hmm. like, y'all didn't care. Like, at Morehouse, like... It was a conversation for two weeks in our group chats, especially with some of my guys, because in a weird way, I feel like Morehouse, I would definitely say it still has a lot of privilege because at the end of the day, it is still a private school. It is still, if you're doing room board and tuition, it's $48,000 a year. Like it's still a lot of money to go. And it's kind of to where I said this with my friend, Morehouse is like the school where you have a lot of kids who are in the middle to upper middle class that are trying to reach that 1% that want to be in the yeah. realm of like you're doing good but you want to cop a g-wagon or have like three i need that vi- cyber truck yo or like just have like really like really like three really big companies and it's kind of um it's i guess it was fascinating hearing that because like we were discussing in group chats like i had a friend i'm not gonna say his name but uh you know he works at a big at a big uh, financial institution in new york and he was like yeah i know all these kids who go to ivy league schools and they get to the internship and they're actually not that smart. But 
because of the name that they have on the resume, they then get at least the interview to get the internship. Yeah. yeah. And it was kind of like a lot of conversation back and forth as far as is that fair or not, or is it fair or not fair? But also we discussed is like, uh, you know, why, why people will pay for it. And even if they can't, like guess doing well in the school, you could graduate from Harvard for the 2.5. At the end of the day, it's still Harvard. So yeah. you're probably still going to get opportunities that, that most kids won't, that maybe let's say there's some person that went to a good state school and had like a three, four, mm. they're still going to give the advantage to the kid that had a two, five at Harvard. Yeah, obviously. That's like, I feel like that's politics and anything. That's why I don't try to force myself in that bubble of competing with the top-notch 1% kids. I know they already have that name behind them. I already know it's unfair. It's not going to be what it should be in like where we're all at a level playing. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't even try to put myself in that bubble. I try to kind of do my own thing and, and ultimately in the end to kind of create my own business or do whatever I want to do by myself. I think that's a good point because it it balances out because those people that are having the 2.5s that gone to Harvard based off of their last name or like where they come from, um, it I think it shows in the end if they're not able to do the work for themselves in yeah. those companies. Like you can be as rich and wealthy as you are, but if you're already used to not having to do the work that it took to get into those schools, um, then that's going to show later. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have work ethic, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Josh, you would say you don't really think about, I guess, about the inequality issue as far as education in America. Like you just try to really focus on yourself and not try to compare yourself to other people that may be higher in status because you feel you don't need to compete with. Yeah, I, I just try to stay in my, I guess you say, the cliche face, kind of stay in my own lane to do what I need to do and stay in my own path and what I feel is going to make me successful and what I want to do. I don't try to compete or look at what other people are doing or see where that 1% of those college kids, people go to Harvard or go to Yale and see what they're doing and where they're applying. You know what I mean? I just try to stay stay in my own lane and pursue what I want to pursue and do the best I can at that. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, Josie, with you, you know, you, I believe what your political science major, right? English poli-sci. English poli-sci, okay. And you want to go to law school, right? Yeah. So I'm wondering from you, going to USC... And, you know, some a good amount of kids that go to law school, that they, they end up wanting to go to work at a big law firm. When you talk to those students, you know, is there conversations about like, yeah, I want to go to this school and this ex law school so I can get to this law firm and make this amount of money or be partnered by this age? Like, is that a conversation? I'm going to be completely honest with you. It is not a conversation because half the people I know are in pre-med, uh, more than half, um, or they're in business, Marshall, which is like one of the biggest schools in within USC. Mm-hmm. But I like at the fairs they have, I noticed that like people want to do like the big. I feel like it's just like a thing to like go to Harvard Law School or Yale Law School, or a lot of people want to stay in LA and keep going to USC Law School, which is like, you know, good for them, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever met someone who wanted to go more independent or on their own route and practice law in like a small town like which is what I want to do mm-hmm. in the future but I feel like everyone's gravitating towards like New York or um, Boston and all those areas would you want to start your own law firm or like yeah. you said work at a bigger firm and mm-hmm. kind of part with that so the goal is to um, go somewhere small and practice law at um, affordable price for people who can't pay for mm-hmm. um, big lawyers but good mm-hmm. lawyers at the same time because yeah. I mean, there's people who just don't have that type of money, 
and but they still need important issues to be solved. So it's it's interesting you say that because I was talking to one of my boys. He like he wants to go to law school, and we were talking about like the law school he wants to go to and what he's doing now. And we were both talking about how if you go to like a smaller undergrad, it's almost like there's no choice to go to like an Ivy League law school if you want to be partner at some law firm by whatever age. Yeah. And if you don't, I notice a lot of students where they're like. Yeah, I'm become an attorney, but I'd rather open up my own consulting firm and help out people yeah. on the lower end, at least feel feel great. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if that person does not go to like, let's say, Harvard, Harvard Law School or your law school, it's like they don't even feel they have the capability of trying to get to partner at one of these top law firms. Well, here's the thing, like, apart from trying to get a partner at one of the top law firms, law's law. Like it doesn't yeah. the stuff in the mm-hmm. textbook is the same as in Harvard as it would be at USC or some small, really mm-hmm. small school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the mindset of, like, I have to go to these schools to mm-hmm. get into a private thing. I, it's not bad, but it's like, it's like I think it should be rethought or, like, But I think it's more, more, they think of it more because they know of how people hire, like, it's, 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 it's just natural, like, all of us. If we had our own companies, we would probably hire people that went to our institutions because we just, we just know it. Like, you, yeah. you hire what you know. And that's kind of a big thing that I've noticed. Like, I don't know if you guys, like, heard of Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, yeah. 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 Love him. And <laughs> I literally recommend those books to Josh yeah. all the time. So I was listening to his podcast. Um, I believe it's called Revisionist History. And he was talking about how he did, like, uh, like the law school admissions exam. And he LSAT. Didn't, yeah, the LSAT. And he was, he was doing it, and he wasn't doing very well. And you said, like, yeah, every time I miss a question, that's another reason why I can't go to Harvard Law School and I can't be partner at this law firm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I get it. You know, so... I mean, I guess that's just how the system works. I mean, it's not the best, but I guess people are just trying to play into whatever's been working. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like, law is law. Yeah. So, you can start your own practice if you wanted. I had a couple, like quotes I kind of like I was just doing some research like last night about this topic and I'm gonna say like this quote and then I just want you guys to kind of think just like speak on what you think when you hear this um and also you guys I believe you guys both had parents that went to went to college the quote was like I would have never gotten into my alma, alma mater if I apply now with my grades and test scores from high school if I apply now with the grades so I let's now. say like yeah your dad he now tries to apply to or let's say your your father, your mom. Would, no. Hmm? No. You don't think they would have? No. <laughs> we literally debate this all the time. My parents are very smart, but I think like the... Conf- maybe if like... You said that very know. quick. They're you- very smart. They're very quick. But um, I think my... If he was... If my dad was straight in high school and went straight to USC. Now, with what he had then, there's no... No. No. Mm-hmm. But they're, I'm not saying they're not smart enough. I think that USC and, like, these top schools ask for more than, um, is, which is kind of out of reason sometimes. And he did a, like, he had a lot on his resume. He didn't go to USC, like, straight out of high school. He went to um, the Marine Corps and, um, I don't know what else he went <laughs> I don't know what else he did, but he, like, got experience before he applied to go to USC. And then um, my mom, she was at San Diego State first. And she did like a ton of credits because she was, that's that was the thing. She was born and raised in San Diego, and like mm-hmm. that was the thing was to go to San Diego State instead of anywhere outside of San Diego. And then they like cut the nursing at San Diego State, so she had to go to 
USC, but I don't think like if she had the grades out of high school and with the demands that colleges ask for now, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to offend them, but I think so. I was, I would wonder, now. like, with them, is that a conversation among like, their alumni friend group or their network? Like, is like, why is it now my kid now is going to apply to the school I went to and the expectations are so, are so raised? Like, is that a conversation? To be I feel like it is. Um, my dad's still friends with a lot of people from USC, and um, one of their kids goes to USC as well with me. Um, and he's like, He's so smart. He's like an engineer or something. <laughs> He's so smart. Um, but like, I remember a family weekend that was like one of the conversations of like, it's literally so hard to get into USC and people mm-hmm. literally kill themselves. Not literally, but like they, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they do the most to get into these schools and like mark up their resumes. And it wasn't like that Back for in the them. Day. Mm-hmm. It was like what studying. I had to pay so much just to get ACT prep for what? For a test, I'm gonna take three times, and it's not gonna matter for you the rest got of my SAT life. prep. I don't prep yeah. for anything. I said, I took that thing one time. Said, so see you later. <laughs> Whatever. I had to. But see, that's yeah. maybe the difference. Like, okay, I want to go to USC. I got to do SAT prep, yeah. or I'm yeah. not gonna get in. Definitely. That's like Steve Luate did. Yeah, prep too. And he was like, said Stanford. Like <laughs> at school, y'all had me psyched. Y'all be remember my was at my sophomore year, and they were juniors. The grade above yeah. us. And they was just sitting there going, people, because, like, Omrick, everybody, yeah. everybody in that grade above was sitting there going to SAT prep school, like, tutors, everything. I'm like, but what is this Three big deal about that week? SAT? Like, what is this? Like, do you know my what? brother just, just took it. Like, we was just, yeah. we were just taking the thing. Like, if you go <laughs> if you go back, and obviously it's a little different because you're on an athletic scholarship, and, you know, great for you, you get to go to school, and uh, I got something in the background. Anyway interrupting the podcast we got a feature guys anyway um you know with you you know you're on athletic scholarship which is great but i'm wondering if you go back to high school do you wish you would have done sat prep no why is i that? was i was totally i was totally cool with my 1150 and just calling it a day i wasn't planning on going to usc or like anywhere big so i was just like i'm just trying to get in. like i didn't even fill out like a common app, a common app because i was like part of me i was just too lazy i was like i'm not about to write essays I did the, what's it called? For state schools. The, U, the CSU application. Where you can fill out one application, you apply them all. Yeah. I applied them all and so I called it a day. I just kept it pushing. But I don't know, it was just, I, I had I no aspirations to go to USC. Like my dad, he didn't go to a USC mm-hmm. or like a, I don't know, anywhere. He just he went to SF State and my brother went to SF State. So it was just like, I'm just going to go to state school. It seems perfectly fine. And then, I guess, yeah, I worked out for me. I, got into, I didn't even apply to Chico at first either. I applied to San Jose, Long Beach, Northridge. I left Chico. This the me is. I just applied basically everything down south in San Jose. And that was it. As crazy as it sounds, I feel like I would have done it more. Like, I did, like, twice a week. I was, like, it sounds stupid, and I hate it. I absolutely hated it. But I was also, like, doing it, like, in the middle of basketball, like, um, trying to, like, do more stuff for track, and, like, I didn't put as much focus into it. And I know it was, like, a lot of money, but I would rather, like, I'd started it, like, sophomore year instead of going out of... I did it, like, the the beginning of senior year, which is, like... Or starting summer, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I applied to a lot of colleges... You did. You was going. How many off. colleges do you apply to? Thirty-two. 
and that was a waste. I wish I didn't do that. I wish I was confident enough with my ACT scores and like the rest of like my resume to not have to ap- apply to 32 colleges. Like I would have been fine with like 10, like yeah. my brothers did. I can use my ACT score. That was so hard. <laughs> oh my God. But it is a good point because I do wonder, and it's kind of goes back to the whole thing of inequality and how things work in America. Um, when I was applying to a lot of like these top, um, I'm not going to say the firms, but a lot of top consulting firms, a lot of mm. top banks, they were still asking for my SAT scores. Mm. I'm like, what? I'm a what? sophomore in college. They would want everything, like my English score, my math score, my writing score, and mm. I'm just like, I did this two years yeah. ago. Like, I yeah. could have like a 3-6 in college, and it's like, oh, what are your SAT scores? You That's know? crazy. Because yeah. yeah. the whole point of like getting that your ACT, SAT scores is to see if you do well at the colleges that they want you to. So you... You're already in there. You have the grades. Why isn't that? Why isn't that enough? enough? (laughs) Like that's the whole point of the ACT. I don't know. Like, what does your guys like take as far as admissions tests and stuff like that? Then, like ACTs and stuff like that. Both, like how the SAT score and ACT. Like, think of it now. You know, since you know, right now we're recording this episode. Technically, we're in quarantine. You know, dealing with the whole coronavirus. And a lot of schools, especially the kids that are graduating from high school in 2020. When they go to college next fall, um, actually, actually, no, it's for 2020. The juniors now. The juniors now. Basically, those juniors don't have to do SATs. And that's very different to where, like, oh, now you want to let kids go to college and they don't need the test. I think that's great. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot better. Because thinking about the SAT and ACT, this about even the math section, like, you don't, you can't, like, afford to do SAT prep or whatever it is. You're really, you have to remember, like, everything. And most of that stuff is, like, if you stop, I can't remember where I was. I think I stopped at like Oswald or something. There's like so much. It math. goes into pre Yeah. yeah like, like I didn't even take pre Yeah, that's my yeah. point. So yeah. it's like you're sitting there, you're just leaving stuff blank. And the, <laughs> in, the English, it's like I'm reading these long mm-hmm. old stories, but yet I'm tying some crunch for time. I'm really trying to comprehend Skip. everything. Mm-hmm. And the ACT, the science, science, science doesn't make no sense. Absolute, and all they say it's is. It's not like, even about science. You just have to know how to take the test. <laughs> like you just got to use your critical critical thinking. I don't know what your ACT looks like. I think that's my cool. science section was about like agriculture and like fertilizing plants like Same. bro what yeah. is fertilizing plants what happens to neutrons and protons and things like that yeah my thing is the acts and the sats i don't think they show enough character of the person At and their all. work ethic because i went to acts twice freaking week for like four months and Ooh. i did not get like the score that i wanted but I still, like, I'm doing so good at USC. I have the grades. Like, that. it's just a poor reflection. It's 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 very, mm. si- si- what is it, systematic. Mm. You're basically, like, all you are is a score. But that's mm. not, like, we all know that's not that's true. So like, true. your work ethic mm. is so much more, shows more, um, like, what you aspire to be and, like, what you're into and your hobbies. Like, all that stuff matters way more than a stupid test does. I think it should be thrown out. Um I think interviews should be a very good... I think they're better than doing standardized testing. And um, people aren't good test takers. Like, you could have testing anxiety. Yeah. And like, but there's also people that aren't good at interviews. or They're not good speakers. Then find a way That's to accommodate. That's more important yeah. in life than being able to take a test. Like, like I can sit here sure. in front of you and you do the same to me. And I can tell you that you're good You're good at speaking. And, like, mm-hmm. you do really well in our classes. And, like, you, can, you have good support for your arguments. What the... Is a test gonna do? I'm so sorry. What the? What is? <laughs> what is for a test? 
What can a test do? Like, that doesn't... I don't think it's a and good... And I said, it's so complex. And just for, like, people who don't get to do SAT prep or ACT mm-hmm. prep, just walking in, especially, you're walking in low-key. Tired. I guess you get a... You it's, can, it's, 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 it's at 8 a.m. Yeah. I guess you can get a book, and a book is, like, this thick of, like, material. Yeah, it's but like, people aren't reading people. Like, they're yeah, not visual so learners. Like that's that. what I mean. So you're going in there, and it's like... And you open it, and you're like, how much time do you get? For the key section, it was like a, I think eighty minutes. You get 80, 90 minutes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, for all them questions, you're supposed to just sit there and just be like, I'm mean, all that material, and it's like if you want to prove like they can get by in college, like the SAT is a lot harder than anything I've done in college. I think the essay is good because you can work on an essay. Yeah. Like when yeah. you you know how you do the common app, like you can work on an essay. You can tell what you want to tell in an essay. Yeah. You can um, literally tell the person who you are mm-hmm. as opposed to. Me doing trigonometry. But state schools is really, it's more about like the intake. So it's just like, we just want your PPA and your SAT scores. Like the person you are is cool, but we care more just about you getting in and out and just how much money you can give to the school. But I also think like the ACTs and like people trying so hard with the ACTs is for those larger schools or the bigger name schools in the first place. Mm -hmm. So if you're at the state school and they're not requiring, you don't have to take a test, you don't have to, um, or they're not really looking at that and all they're doing is grades and GPA and your uh, extracurricular activities, then fine, that's all you need. But if you take away the um, the standardized testing and you only require essays from these people who are trying to get into top schools or, like, how many extracurricular activities, like, what leadership positions you were in, I think that's so much better than... Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I know level, schools, they try to do a better job of trying to intake all of that like not just the test scores but what the person has done on the side and you know how they did as far as you know the essay it's a tough conversation because i do believe that the sats and acts they should change it but i don't know if i'm the point as far as they should abolish it because if you can't you have some schools they're going to start looking just at gpas and we both know every high school is different as far as the way they grade things, as far well, as Well, that's how, why they ask yeah. for a curriculum. Like, every mm-hmm. college has a set for high schools. They look at how mm-hmm. your teachers grade or what their system is, their mission statement, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and, like, what they're basing their curriculum off of. Yeah. That's, like, me getting a 4.3 at Central is different from um, Mohai getting a 4.3 because they have the... The Ivy program, whatever. It's so different, but that's why they ask. Every high school has to submit their curriculum into these schools, whatever school that you're applying to. That's their part. And so they can determine whether or not you're actually working hard or that's just on the base. Like, the, the, what is it? The playing field is not level. Level playing field? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, but I'm flipping it. Yeah, oh, okay. I hear you mean. It's not level because you have to turn in that stuff. Yeah. And they know that's not the colleges know like Mohai and Central Catholic are not the same. They have different standards for grades. Where do people come from at Morehouse? Is it um, all over like all fifty states? Or definitely most yeah all around the country. So a lot of people from like the Bahamas too. What? Bahamas? Yeah, we got some people from the Bahamas. That's yeah, cool. Um, as far as like yeah, definitely a lot of people from up north, the south, northeast, west coast. Mm-hmm. Many west coast is like people from like. You know, everybody's like money from California. Rare, like, you're like a There's rare. a good amount of people from like that come from Cali because like if you're of course if you're a black person that grew up in California, like you never really had a real HBCU experience or got yeah. a lot of black excellence. So mm-hmm. you want a lot of kids flock over to the South to get that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean like as far as where people come from, like it's all around. I would say though, like I even talked to because I work in admissions, like I'm a student ambassador. 
and I've talked to the people and they know like certain high schools like oh that school is really good in 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 Atlanta and we know like they're the kids that come out of there if they have a certain SAT score or certain or certain GPA they should probably go into Morehouse because they just know that school like they just mm. know it very well like all these top schools and I wonder really how the process is as far as trying to determine like how hard some of these high school experience was yeah. um because there's a million different factors, and you have so many different high kids, schools, yeah. you know. And so many different kids. It's hard to gauge. Just... Life, all mm-hmm. that. So I don't know how that is done. I'm probably guessing it's done by an algorithm, but we both know, or at least I think you and me talked about it. Like people that work in software engineering, computer science, like the algorithm that you create, it's only so accurate. Like yeah. you, like you can't, you can't really just do it off what you put into a computer. And that's where things kind of get tricky as far as who do you accept and who do you not who do you not take. Did you consider any other school other than HBCU before going oh, yeah. to Morehouse? Definitely, I I was uh my school before Morehouse. I wanted to go to San Francisco State. Oh. What made you want to go there? Cause I always wanted to be in the Bay Area, and okay. like I was really getting interested in technology like end of my junior year, mm-hmm. so it was just a good fit. But I started looking out for like who are like black men that I could relate to and just talk to about anything, and they would like actually help me out. And the Morehouse guys were, like, just great as far as responding to yeah. my messages, talking to me on the phone. Like, they were really passionate about the school. Yeah. And I would DM people that went to other schools, and they'd be like, yeah, it was, like, a okay or cool experience. But they weren't passionate about yeah. it. And that's what kind of, like, made me, like, flip the flip switch. switch. Yeah. yeah. So do you think there's a divide at Morehouse in the same way that there would be, like, the haves and haves not of, like, USC? Or like? I would definitely say, because Morehouse, it's... um. It's weird, and I don't want to get like too like technical, but or just you know, as far as us being African Americans in America, it's always people talk about the struggle or what you have to go through, mm-hmm. and sometimes people do it at more off Spelman and Clark. But it's like I know your background, and sometimes it's like you just don't know where people come from. Like you know, some people like yeah. they lie about what they've had to deal with, and I would say like <laughs> they're, like they're, like there like there there definitely is a divide in some ways as far as like oh, yeah, your dad is, like, executive here and your mom is, you know, is a doctor. Meanwhile, I came to school and I'm, like, I'm from the hood, but I was, like, killing it in school, so I'm on full scholarship, you know. I would definitely say, because I'm not going to, like, say no names, but I definitely have friends who are, like, I'll, you ever, like, hear something your friends say and you're just, like, Bro, what? that sounds, that? like, very privileged. Like, yeah. do you realize what you just said? And it's, like, <laughs> no, you know. Yeah. Um, it's like his kids like that go to like this spring break or go out the country like during during breaks. Like for some people that's just a normal thing. Yeah. And some yeah. people can't have that. So So I think that's I'm like sure. a thing at like not every college, but like most colleges. Is Morehouse private? Yeah, I would yeah. definitely I would yeah. definitely say I think it's it's more there's more divide at private, private. institutions. Yeah. yeah. Because so it's at, not the, just at, like at, at the end of the day, like private schools, like a a lot of private schools, it's either kids have good SATs, good grades, and their mom and dad can pay for them to get in. Or you have the kid that is from a really rough area but just had a great, you know, SAT, GPA, and they get into school. Yeah. So there's almost like, I would say, like, there's a bigger divide to where maybe at a state school, it's maybe, like, more in the middle. State school, I would say state school is definitely in the middle because I said, like, everybody's just kind of... They're just one, one in the degree. One within yeah. each other, yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Honestly, I, don't, I can't speak on Costa LA or... San Francisco State or even like a San Diego State, but like Chico is just so unique to its like oh. culture mm-hmm. and its, its own yeah. town to but where 
I feel like in sorry, no, you can keep going. Oh, but I'm saying yeah, to where like everybody's just all all together in a sense that it doesn't really. I don't think anybody really cares about the background you come from. It's kind of just I like we're vibe. here now, and it's like mm-hmm. let's just have a good time while we're here. Yeah, I think there's people like that at every school, but I think there's more people at these higher schools that like to mm-hmm. show that they have had privilege their whole life. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to throw another quote at you guys and you guys just think, tell me what you guys think about this one. It said in America, the top companies recruit at the best schools which typically come from kids who come from rich or wealthy backgrounds and they go work for these top companies and then become the innovators of our new world. So how can you guys speak as far as the pipeline, as far as how schools and companies work? Um, this goes into, I'm just going to throw it out there. I thought of it like, this is kind of a side question. I think I asked you this like the other day, mm-hmm. but like, what do you think are like the biggest brands in America? Oh, Josh oh. Lo- will love this. Go ahead. Take it away. Oh, Give me your honest answer. Like, what do you, what do you, if you talk, about like, what are the, what are the, the biggest brands brand. in America? Amazon, Apple, Google, uh, yeah, I guess you say Walmart, but I'm thinking like tech, more so tech industry, more than just like a Walmart or something that's global like that. But yeah, I say the big things is Apple, Amazon, Google. I don't know how it is at Tesla, but that's super new and innovative. But I wouldn't think, I would think that is a very big truth to that, that the biggest companies hire from the most prestigious colleges and most prestigious colleges probably have the most wealthy kids who parents can afford to put them through there. That's why I'm kind of more big so on doing your own thing and starting your own thing and then putting your own people on and who you want to hire and then putting them on a platform so you can start your own pipeline and not have to rely on the big businesses to do that for you. I think that, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but I think it's like, it's all come, it's like a cyclical system of um working through things and that's how also like it goes into politics beyond economics and how businesses run but like politicians have their kids who want to be politicians like their parents and then they go to the top colleges and they come out politicians and then they get elected and they um fight the same side fight on the same side of the battle for certain um political issues it's the same thing with these people who go into these top colleges that they're parents went into and they get hired by the same type of companies that their parents got hired by and then no there's that's why you don't see as you don't see any change like you see that's why you see these monopolies who aren't starting like aren't addressing certain issues and because there's, there's a way of life and that's just yeah. that's why oh, that's why i think the biggest problem is with like our society especially this way parents i wouldn't say race i guess you say raise their kids they raise them in such away and they don't allow them to freely think for themselves or mm. grow and do other things yeah. like especially i don't want to get into politics but this mm-hmm. it's on the topic of politics and touching on it like you think of like people who are conservative left or right conservative or liberal blah blah so most of them are just because of their parents and they don't even really know what it's all about they don't know why they stand for it's anything or like religious beliefs or anything you believe in it mostly comes from your like your parents and they never, they, like, restrict them from actually, like, breaking out and, like, seeing different things yeah. or n- knowing different things. So, like, Josie said, like, parents, people whose parents are politicians, they want their kids to be politicians. So they restrict them from, like, doing anything else. They just put them on this path to be a politician. Mm-hmm. And, like, they don't even know if they really like it, but it's just, like, I'm doing That's it what my dad my did. parents. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I think if you just allow kids to 
be kids and be free and make mistakes and like do what they want to do and dabble in this and dabble in that they'll soon find their own personal endeavor they want to pursue and not just because their parents are doing you know what I mean like my dad's in tech but me and my brother and my even my sister like we're not going to do anything in tech. <laughs> nothing involved in tech we yeah. don't yeah. care anything about technology but like my dad never forced us to be like do you have to do tech you have to. he's like he would like suggest it like it's a you're about to be in, but you'll never be like, you do tech, you yeah. do this, you do any of that. Like, my parents never been like that. They're always allowed us to be free and do what we kind of want to do and what we like and enjoy doing. Yeah. That's a good point. I would definitely say I think it comes more from fear. Like, as a parent, yeah. you just, you want your kid to do well in life. And yeah. You know these A, B, C. You, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know what you know. So it's like, all right, if my kid wants to be an attorney, like, I know he's going to be set. Oh, he wants to go into media or art or photography. Oh, that's cool, yeah. but like, will you be able to live off that? Yeah, that's the most mm. annoying comment. And like, hear. that's the question always. I, you know, I think if you're a student, or you're a kid that has that kind of divide. Like, if you do want to do something on your own, then like, you better be able to pay for it. Like, don't ask yeah. your mom and dad saying, yeah. "Oh, I need yeah. two G's for for a camera." You know? Yeah. That's like my parents are both in medical, and they wanted all of us to do medical, but it wasn't like at a where they weren't like forcing it down our throats and then when I told them I wanted to write books they were like like the you can't you're not gonna the, you're gonna be asking us for money like you can't do that so then it was like oh you should do you should explore law if you want to practice the word and all that stuff so um I did law I'm doing law but I'm also going to be writing books on the side so it's like a mm-hmm. I'm like still doing what so, I want to yeah, do yeah. and then so doing something else that I'm not like I'm not doing it just for money but I know that like it's a two birds one stone situation where I can help people and make sure that I'm not on the streets what about your parents and like what you want to pursue is there like any connections between that or how you were raised or what your parents kind of pushed on you or didn't that's a good question um cause I believe there was one time like uh I think it was I forgot what year was it I think it was like it was 7th or 8th grade and my dad of course he's in education like that's yeah. his thing like mm. Went to Morehouse, went to East Bay, went to Sac State, like got his doctorate in education and is now a superintendent at San Lorenzo Unified School District. And he's like very big on just, you know, going to school, doing your work and then going to like have, have, have a good career. Mm. And I'm definitely like, I'm more of a, on the creative aspect of trying to create something for myself and being kind of against the grain. Yeah. And we had a whole conversation, you know, he was like, well, you should do this, this, this. And I was like, well, X, Y, and Z have been successful without college. And we kind of kept going back and forth. Mm-hmm. We now both agree more. But I would definitely say before I went to Morehouse, my parents are always good. They always told me, like, they, I think they were definitely like, yeah, like, you should go to college. Like, if I didn't, they probably would be not very happy. <laughs> but they were definitely like, if you go, like, pursue what you want to do. Like, they, yeah. don't, they didn't really care about the major. They were just like, as long as you get out in four years... Got that degree. Got yeah, just, just do you. Where I think a lot of other parents, you know, they're like, you can't study this, you can't study that because yeah. if we're paying X amount of money, your our return on investment better be this. You know, mm. my parents like they didn't think like that. They're just like, and it's also because like I just I've, I have the blessings where like I have a grandma who can put me through school. Like if I didn't have that, honestly, like I'm not gonna. If you're a kid that is going to school and you're putting through your family in a bunch of debt. I'm not going to hate on you for trying to go to a consulting firm to make $100,000 a year coming out of undergrad, you yeah. know? Turn like, that's like, if you got to do that, you got you got to do that. Mm. So, 
That's, um, a, that's a really good point. Is, uh, yeah. It's kind of like, um, you know, like people say, like, follow your passion or follow, like, you, what you, your purpose. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like you will never know your purpose unless you dabble into different things. You know what I mean? Because like, I feel like you have to, like, slowly do it. Because at the end of the day, like, I've, I've, I've really been thinking, like, I wouldn't say it's, like, it's just a, it's just a bad statement. But how are you going to tell that to somebody that's come out of school and they got to pay loans, their mom and dad need money, their yeah. brother might need money on the side, they got a car, like, you're going to go to the job that pays the, pays the most. Oh, like, that yeah. passion stuff, like, that's cool. As long you, as it doesn't But if you can't pay the bills, if you can't eat, like, that passion <laughs> stuff isn't, isn't so grand. Yeah. And you have to, for most people, you have to find, like, your passion on the side. And, like, you put, like, certain amount of hours in a week, but still do, like, your main thing, you know, and yeah. make money that way. I mean, you kind of, you still got to eat, you still got to survive, but if you're... You can still turn your passion later on. Side projects. Yeah, and turn it into something that can eventually be your income, your way of living. I think that's the way to do it. But if you're just going to be stuck in something you don't want to be doing until you're 40, I feel like that's not a way to live. Make sure your, what is it, your eggs are in order. In the right basket? Yeah. 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 basket. Y'all just got all the same today, don't you? No, I just pulled out. But um, I guess I'm kind of went off topic. I'm not gonna lie. But um, right. so basically, I want to answer the question like, what are the biggest brands in America? And I felt like I realized I feel like it's Harvard or MIT. And I'm saying that because you think of Louis Vuitton, Amazon, Google. One, Amazon. Any one of us can go on that page right now and sign up to work for Amazon. Yeah. Like, that's like that's the normal thing. Google. You know, you can still try to maybe get a job there when with whatever you do. Um, but certain things, like, there's a difference between Facebook and Harvard. People will pay $2 million to have, like, a name after them on Harvard. They're not doing that on Facebook's campus. And even, too, when you think of, if you talk to somebody right now and they say they went to Harvard or MIT, you're automatically going to think they're smart or intelligent. You don't even know what they study, what they do. You're like, oh, you're smart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's become this thing as to where, like, I feel personally like they are the biggest brands in America because we put such a pedestal on what on what they've done in the past so are you talking about the students or the school itself like are you branding the students in terms like facebook brands technology and they have different avenues they have but i'm saying like even like even if you think it's like i guess this isn't going to supply and demand but like you know how things like louis vuitton and like off-white like they'll they'll hold things for a certain amount of time and a person can't get that yeah at the end of the day in a year or two you can still like achieve that but if you're 33, you can't just decide, like, oh, yeah, I want to go to Harvard University. Like, that's most likely out of the question. No, sure you can. Education doesn't have an age limit. But, like, if you look at the demographic, let's let's be honest, Josie. Because that's the natural way of doing things. You go to high school, then you go to co- then Yeah. Okay, but then there's people who are, like, get pregnant in high school. College isn't an option. They got a baby to take care of. Or they start a family. Or there's all these other situations. No, like, you can still go back. I'm just saying. You're 35. Let's be honest. You might go back to a local school. That's what I mean. The local school. But I'm just saying, like, I'm saying Harvard. Let's be honest. Like, you got to have certain SATs. You're not going back to Harvard. You can go back to, like, Chico. I've been in some classes with some older people. I've been in some classes with some 40-year-olds. Are we strictly talking undergrad? talking undergrad like saying if you're if you're a person let's say even you're 27 you're and you want and you want to go to yale or harvard or mit okay fine fair you're going back to gs you know? yeah fair, like fair fair moving on <laughs> i know what you're trying to say but like let's just be honest like getting into those schools it's they're highly highly competitive and 
typically the people that go, you have to have, you have to set up your life to where like you can at least even like, there's a lot of people who's like, why would I even apply to those schools? I, if we all went back to high school, I don't think I still probably would have not applied. Take the chance. I like, yeah, I just, Wild I, card. I just don't think I would have. And I just think. I'm not going to waste their time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to waste their time. My time. Like, no. So. Yeah. that extra essay for what? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, what I feel is that they're so. Do you guys get where I'm coming from as far as I feel like they're the biggest brands in America because they're so hard to even get into or just have the name. Like, if you just have the name on yeah. your resume opportunities are all over the place we could all use facebook right now google amazon like those are just those are brands that are yeah, great but, but i guess harvard people apply to big companies i mean like me personally if i was a somebody's gonna mm-hmm. a hiring manager whatever it is if i seen harvard or wherever they come from i'm not gonna really look at them i'm just gonna look at like kind of what they're into and if it aligns with my interest then like obviously it sparks like that but even let's say for you let's say you're the ceo of your company there's one kid, exact same resume, once from Chico, once from Cal State LA. When do you think you probably would get the person from Chico State just because, like, that you know, you know that institution? We think of me knowing he came. It's from. like it's almost like when you're on the street and you're walking around. Like, let's say you two y'all didn't know each other, and but it's like, let's say y'all are five years apart and you meet you meet, you meet. Let's say you meet, you met Josh and you're like, oh, you went to Central Catholic. Like, there's a natural, like, there's a bond. There's, yeah. like, oh, like, we'll have some conversation. Yeah. Like, naturally, as humans, we just, we know what we know, and we're more kind of prone to accept that. I think we're we're more willing to accept people who know what the same things we are in the same things or went through the same experiences, naturally, yeah. I feel like, me, I'm, to be honest, me, if I was a hiring manager, I wouldn't probably, I wouldn't really accept resumes like that. I'd probably seek out people to hire not more so like me personally more mm-hmm. not people send me like the resume because i really i don't know you from a piece of paper i don't know you at all mm-hmm. like, you'd be from but anywhere, like but like like we all. both say like there's these companies get thousands of resumes like you have to like i i heard like there's certain things like at these top companies like and some people like you don't know this but like if you have a two-page resume i know certain companies if you have a two-page resume they automatically throw it out yeah, like they're not even gonna look at it because, like, in certain in certain institutions, in the way like corporate America works, you have to have these bullets, and if you don't have it, it's gone. Like we're throwing you out. I know it sounds bad. That's just from stories I've heard. But, I'm that's, not gonna... but if you have a thousand a thousand resumes, they probably all look the same, low key. Then you're like two pages. I'm like, oh, he's special. I'm like this dude. <laughs> <laughs> like as a hiring manager, like have you ever, throw it out, like have like, you like have you ever looked at resumes? Like I do it from time to time. And, like there's certain things that will stand out. Like I'm not gonna lie. I probably the first two three things I look at is school GPA and what was their most like their last relevant experience. And I just like if I'm doing a quick glance, you, most resumes people look at the resumes for like eight seconds typically. Yeah, that's what. I learned, yeah. Eight seconds. That's, that's that. what. Eight there's seconds. so many resumes, Josie. Hey, if I give you a stack of fifty resumes right now, and I'm saying you gotta hire one person in the next hour, Dude, you're going through just quick. You don't have time he to look at. Mine is like the way like you word things, like how quick you get to the point, like everything. The mm-hmm. words you use. Uh, it's not like your cover letter. You just even a lot of a lot of people now they don't even look at they don't even a lot of people now they don't even look at cover letters. Yeah. That's but i think i think from your essence. perspective like you're you're natural like you like to read you love to like yeah. really analyze yeah. stuff but for most people like it's the one they don't want to do it and then it's a time constraint it, if you're that's why manager. you hire a hiring committee 
Which I know most people are doing it, but I'm just saying that's so like. But I'm just saying, even like, if it's my company, then I gotta put more money to hire somebody to work on the people who are hiring for my brand. Like it's all about revenue and profit. So yeah, that's why he always says like he's in college for the connection. That's like me personally. I say if I'm a hiring manager, I'm going to seek out mm. people who would like to work for me. I'm not getting like. I'm more mm. likely to hire somebody that I seek he, out personally than to even onto that to send me a resume. Even onto that point, and it's not That's it's just, not off topic, but um, <laughs> so when I went to an event in New York, um, we all had to give like our introductions, and typically when you give your introduction, you say your name, your uh, classification, major, and what school you go to, and I guess this, I guess this live video ended. That's Do fine. Start again. You can you, you want to start up? I'll give this one back to you. Anyway, but um. You got yeah, all friend back up. Oh. Yeah, that's after that's after one hour. Um, okay, you want to that again? Yeah, um, but Dang. to go, but to go back to what I was saying. So, how do you see you look? <laughs> Screenshot it first. No, go share the story. Go cancel. Share. Share, share the story. Yeah. See, we're doing Instagram stuff now. We just had a whole interruption, but it's cool. Yeah, just keep going, keep talking. You, okay. That's why you can cut in the pocket. Yeah, that's true. I can, I can cut that. You're right. You got it. Look at you. Uh, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> All in there. So. Anyway, um, but yeah, back, back to, back to the story. So. What I was saying was, um, I went to New York and I was at this event. I'm not going to name the company. And we all had to give our introductions. And, you know, people would say, like, oh, I'm from this New York area school. I'm from Morehouse. I'm from Howard. Like, cool. But there was one kid. Like, he said his introduction. And he said Harvard. And you could just look at the expressions on people's faces. Like, there was, like, three people that worked in the company. And they're just, like. That's all he said was. Oh. Like, all he said was Harvard. And they're, like. And they're, like. Oh wow, we have a kid from Harvard today, and like one other kid said, like I'm from Yale, and it's like, and like I talked about this with my friend like a couple days ago, cause like we 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 speak a lot, and we both had in our heads like while we were there, it's like, yo, cool, you go to Harvard, but like I'm still gonna beat you out with my my like my knowledge, my how intellectual I am, I still feel like I'm just as good as you, but the hiring manager or the people that were at that company, they felt like those kids are smarter because they went to a certain institution. I but maybe it's because of me going to Central Catholic. I I just, all the kids I've known like that go to Ivy League school like there's obviously they're all different. But like some that have went and been like really bro, you know what I mean? Mm. Like so like when I hear Harvard or Columbia or Yale anymore, I'm just like you're not okay. really any different, <laughs> any special to That's me. Good. But there yeah. is there are some people I've seen like my that went to Harvard. I'm mm. like okay, yeah, you doing it? Like you mm. deserve that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's definitely that's that's you though, and we're speaking more from like kind of a inequality socioeconomic perspective as far as in America. Like I think I heard that in America, what, what says a lot about how you're going to do in life is all you have to do is look at somebody's zip code they grew up in and the college that they went to, and that will like give a pretty good determination of how much money they're going to make over their lifetime. The zip code they grew up in and the college they, they went to. That's bogus. But I think mean, about like, it. I'm just saying, I, yeah. like, of course, it's not totally accurate, but I'm just yeah. saying, if you have to get an estimate, that's probably what it, what it would be. Now, of course, there's always like people that come from different backgrounds, and they they they're against that, or they don't play into that stereotype. But that's a study that's done that says like, oh yeah, even from this zip code, and you went to this school, this is probably where you're going to end up. Yeah, taking on the average. Mm-hmm. It must be average. 
<laughs> you know. Um, Underdogs. Definitely. But I was wondering, like, do you think for you guys, um, like, our top colleges now, like, making it, do you think, like, what do you think as far as, like, what they should do as far as colleges now with the wealthy and elite accepting students and not accepting students? Like, if you guys maybe were at the top of a college, like, let's say you're running USC, you're president, you're at the top, like, how would you try to change things or do things different? Um, personally, I don't like handouts, if that makes sense. So, oh, um, anyway, um, if I was the admissions president for USC, I think it's fair to say that there are people who do have resources that are wealthy, who do have resources to work hard and like their parents have groomed them to do, to work more and like, I don't know, they didn't pay their way, if that makes sense. I mean, obviously it makes sense, but, um, I think, I think I want to say that I would like even out the playing field and make things as equal, but it's just so hard because there's so many like behind closed doors, things that Mm -hmm. go into it that you don't realize. Um, I think a lot of colleges look at these wealthy people and know that like, that's like one way they're going to keep up their campuses or like make them look nice or like ensure that there's money in the pot. Um, so I feel like they obviously submit certain people to just ensure that they have that like backup if they ever bumped up tuition, they know these people are going to pay it. Um, they're going to donate buildings, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think I, I, as an admissions person would like to look more at people who don't have those advantages, which I think is what most, the three of us are all going to say. Yeah. Um, because I know like from experiences and like meeting people that there are a lot of people who work there butts off Mm -hmm. from lower um i guess lower stances than these people who have money and lower um like harder situations and they still are so smart and they like get their stuff done and i think that's but i don't want to rob those people who are like wealthy too and like they did what Mm -hmm. they were supposed to do because there are kids who work i've met kids at usc who like they come from good backgrounds and they did what they were supposed to do and that's why they're there and it's not mm-hmm. like they just they're just able to afford usc that just yeah that's just I'd how be, their life I'd went be big on essays i wouldn't essays I would, are huge i would not mind reading all the messages it'd be it'd be a ton but those are people's stories why would you yeah i wouldn't not I wouldn't want to but also too with stories like people lie within stories i feel people like you can tell like, i don't know if, if you're a good reader yeah, you can I, tell I, who's I genuine and who's that. not I don't know. I watched a video the other day and it was about like how admissions, like it was some, it was some girl that she was talking about how like, I guess she realized like her, I guess her dad was cheating on her mom like the day before, like her SATs. And yeah, I'm serious. And like the selection committee was like, yeah, we're accepting her. And it's like, oh no, I'm not doing no pity parties. I'm not, you don't know, I'm but you don't know if it's a pity party or it's actually like, like what the, like, my brain was thing. not in the right place that no, day. Like, but I'm just saying, like I'm just saying, like I'm not doing like my dad always told me nobody cares about your pity parties. Like, but and it's also that's, so don't write me an essay. That's the argument that like why you, you can't get well. through hard times. Like I feel like that's when but the like, you can you can be, my fault. <laughs> you can like set it up to where you you give your story and then you say how you like how you came out of it a better person. Like anybody can do that. Well, if you're saying like, say like she like screwed her SATs because of this event that happened, this sad event that happened before, then the college admissions people would have been like, okay, like you're supposed to be getting through your hard times. Like this shows that you're resilient. But like, they accepted, they were just like, oh, oh like no. she. But she, what she did so with, within her. the story is like, if I, when I looked the full thing, she said that and said, 
you know, what she did after. And her SAT scores, I guess, were still pretty high and, like, her grades were high. So the selection committee was just more, like, kind of aligned to, like, all right, we're going to accept her. I, I, what I think, honestly, I mean, that's, that's, that's me personally. I'm, I think, I'm just going to look at you I like, that's weird. I see both sides of the coin. Like, I don't, I don't know. That's I just, see both I think sides. what you guys said is, like, you said, like, I think more interviews should be done because at the end of the day, when you have an interview, interviews like... Interviews and essays. Then you have yeah. the essay, ask the person about it. Then you can tell whether or not people are lying. Or not. Like, if you're telling yeah. me, like, a story and you're just, like, incorporating something, but if you just made your whole paper about, like, first thing out the bat, my, mom, dad. my dad cheated on my mom, <laughs> paid for the SAT, I did this. I'm just like... What, bro? Like that's that's how you like that's like, your story. That's like what you the first thing you tell. just like you just want me to feel empathetic for you, but like me, I guess my personal character, I'm just like I don't care about your party. Like what happened? Like what? Who are you as a person? Like your dad? That's good because you want you want the impact. You like how do you impact it in a positive way? Or you did something about but it. But yeah, I guess I guess in her own way that tells her like that shows a lot about her character, like how she responded to that. What happened? Situation. Situation. Yeah. I mean, I think we both agree at the interview process. That's a great idea, especially now with us having online classes. Everybody knows how to use Zoom and Skype and these other platforms. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, too, like what you're talking about as far as if you run the college. I learned that like a lot of these top college endowments, like they're only 5% of them is actually used for the institution. Mm-hmm. And a high percentage of the endowment is actually just put into real estate, private equity firms, hedge funds, Buy keep land. building up the endowment, even though like a good a good amount of it is not being used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you're not wrong. So, I think Stanford, uh, don't quote me on this, but I'm almost positive. Um, Stanford in 2017 or 2016 had gotten in trouble for not using, they were like hoarding their endowment and not using it. So they had to buy up a bunch of land somewhere, like random area, just so they could show that they're not... Hoarding. Hoarding. <laughs> yeah. Is this thing of it your school and you take a bunch of money from your donors, like, because most of these schools that do it, they're private schools, yeah. and then you put some of that money towards the actual running of the institution, and then you take the extra money and put that into maybe a hedge fund or work with a private equity firm, and then continue to build the endowment, and then it looks good for the school and looks good for the donors. So then those kids, therefore, they want to go to the school. It is kind of like a. But they're not even putting into like their like actual school. And but some of these schools, like a Harvard or a Stanford, like, of course these these colleges look, USC like they're very nice. Yeah. They're nice schools. Like how much how much more stuff do you need? Like how many more sleeping pods do you need? But people will kill still keep doing it because parents will still pay for their kids to go to a school that looks very nice on the resume and. As far as what the living style, like how they're going to be, <laughs> so you know what I mean. Like we, like we all, we all, we've all, or high school senior year, we went to a school and we were like, "Wow, this place is really nice." Meaning, like you, you're going there for what you're going to learn in the textbook or the people, not the the the. Uh, the extra know. cost is definitely paying for the campus. That's yeah. what my mom said when she got pissed because of the Zoom stuff and like wanting her tuition back. Mm. She's like, "I paid for you to be on the campus, not to be in." Yeah. Yeah. That actually for the connections, like all that stuff. So that goes into kind of like my next question, and you know, now with this being because of quarantine, coronavirus, I don't want to get into too much of it, but I was asking you guys, like, could COVID nineteen change how top colleges accept students and tuition prices? I think they have to. Well, like, if these parents aren't working, then like. But I think it's actually going to make it even worse because, well, one, I think what schools also can do now some of these top schools that can actually accept more people because if we're going to have fall semester online i could then i can therefore accept more students because it's all online i don't have to house them yeah so i can already get more money off that well if you're a top college you still have to 
top colleges like to say they only accept six percent and you have Mm. to tell you have to send in a quote a a number of how many students you have to like you have to release that to the public so Mm -hmm. i still think the harvards and stanford's and MITs mm-hmm. are not going to be admitting a lot of people because at the end of the day, like that's, that wouldn't make them any special if More special. fifty mm-hmm. people, fifty percent of the population yeah. can get into their schools. That's true, but I, I would I would also say too, like as far as America through this time, like a lot of people are losing jobs, and a lot of people now they just can't send their kids to college for fall or spring semester. Meanwhile, the guy that is works in banking or works in finance or law, he still has money to send his kid to school. Or medical. Like it's like basically the wealth gap is getting even, even bigger, bigger because of yeah. like the, this virus. So I think that would be the time when those colleges with those hefty endowments turn that money into scholarship money. Negative. They not. It's not gonna that. do it. I'm just saying, like that. that. If that is the case, mm-hmm. then they're not doing that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was I was speaking with my we friend. Hope. Like we, hope, that's we what said, um, colleges will give a bunch of scholarships, but like they'll praise like the one or two kids that made out the hood of like five hundred and like put them all over the wall, saying we took this kid out of here. Now they're they here. Do, they stay, Meanwhile, yeah. the other fifty percent you took from upper middle class backgrounds, the one percent to come to your school. Like that's like. The, the, oh, can yeah. I make a point? Can I prove this point? So, like, UConn, when I was in my first year, my professor was talking about how we have, like, you know how schools preach diversity? They usually take um, their separate campuses, so they have their main one and then, like, the other campuses, and that's where they send the diverse kids. They take all those, um, they set, they take those demographics and say that that's, like, all of UConn or, like, all of so-and-so school and all of this school, so. I don't know if you ever the show, um, Shameless. I mean, it's it's obviously it's a comedy. It's not real, but Shit. at some point, at Loki, it is real. When they had the little black kid and they just put him in his private school, and he didn't know why he was in that private school. But every time that the school would have like a tour, like a little campus, yeah. little like we're diverse, elementary yeah. school, mm-hmm. they would bring him out to the playground, take him out of class, bring him out to the playground, and be like, "We're diverse." Obviously, it's a comedy, but it's Loki hit like a little. Hint of truth, so that, like yeah. that's kind of is how it is. Like you'll plaster the photos, like everybody yeah. like on the wall and everything. The websites, yes, the website. You go, you go to any homepage. The website, I go tell you, she goes. Oh, up. there's always gonna be a black kid yeah. on there. There's always gonna be an Asian smiling, girl. Smiling, yeah. smiling, yeah. smiling. Like asshole. we have no problems here. Like everything is great. <laughs> smiling his ass off. But <laughs> you look at our website. <laughs> That's like USC. I used to think that like they were like a lot more diverse than they were. Obviously, they're not. I've realized that. But that's because like all the, the athletes pictures, were black, yeah, and that's all yeah. that they would post. And like every once in a while, there'd be like a white kid hanging out with like the black kids and the Asian kids. But like, you know, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see one. Before I went to your school, I thought that USC was a lot more diverse. No, it's not. Because that's what you see on TV. See ESPN. You see like the ba- the basketball players. Yeah, like, oh, and there's a bunch of there's it's diverse in like Asian population, but like. Yeah, that's it. Like, have you ever watched a Duke game? You see Zion Duncan is as much a white, white people on the side. Oh, I'm not against this, but is it crazy? Is it crazy to think that sports is? I'm I, I'm against it. No, is, get into it. Is it crazy to think that sports? So, it's like you just said with Zion, mm-hmm. so he's dunking the basketball. All the white kids are surrounded cheering him on. Right, the people that pay him. Are white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? The people, I know we're the people announcing the game are white people. The head coach is a white person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The same thing like NBA, NFL. It's like they're getting paid a lot of money, which is 
amazing. Mm-hmm. They're not making nearly as much as yeah. the NFL. There's no the people NFL in the stands. Owners. The people in the stands. Like that's what that's the biggest problem with the the Warriors. That's what the Warriors got a lot of flack for is when before it started like the We Believe Warriors and then onto the Steph Curry and the yeah. Clay Thompson era. It was like you had real Oakland actually. Yeah, real fans. Oakland fans. But then when they got good, it they came just all the tech people and billionaires and so out. Valley. And it was like it was no longer. About the actual city of Oakland, it became like who had the most money to pay for these seats. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like it's almost like it's crazy thing. It's funny to think. It's funny to think, but like black people are uh, really the source of entertainment in America. Yeah, yeah. And like every, but we really don't own anything. Like even the music industry, like the biggest, the industry, the people who the labels, Mm -hmm. all white people. They don't know nothing about about the black people's history, what their music is. They just know they can make them money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything's still like a, you're a, not a test dummy, but you low-key are because if you don't work out for them, they cut you. Mm-hmm. Like them, like they always say the NBA, NFL, all that, it's still a business. So you could just they could just up and ship you whenever they want. Like yeah. they did with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. I mean, Antonio Brown, like he, he, was, he was on some other, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He went to New England. He said a few words, got a few flack with the, with the Raiders, blah, blah, blah. They said sexual allegations, right? Bye. Bye. Right right when he got cut, you never heard of sexual allegations again. So it was like, was there really? But like, that's my point. Like, they yeah. can still control you, control your own narrative because they're the ones behind it. Like, why do you go behind the media? The news, their own, the teams, teams, like everything. So it's like, you're still a big fish in or a small fish. Talk about exclusivity. And if you're a kid, like let's say you Zion or any kid, like you're from a rough area and you're you're a great basketball player, all the Mendy's seem cool. So of course you're gonna go to that school, mm-hmm. even though you're they're really making like millions of dollars off you. You're still yeah. gonna do it because like oh I get the gear, I get the cloud on Instagram. That yeah. yeah, I that I went to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like. I wish I wish somebody low key would go to HBCU. With you being like a college basketball player, is there more discussion as far as like among your peers about going to HBCUs or trying to have more ownership with what you guys are doing? Um, there's I and you can't speak on it too much because I know you play you play, but so don't like you know say no no no. I love I love playing at Chico State, so it's no problem to me. Like I enjoy my coaches, like all my teammates, so no. Big deal. So I, I wouldn't say like me personally, like I'm not only grab my decision or it's like there was an opportunity to go to HBC or Chico State. You know what I mean? It's up in the air but I have that opportunity. But for, I'm saying like for people who do have the opportunity to go to HBCU, I wish somebody would take the courage to like, you know what? I'm headed here. Do it for the culture. You know what I mean? I'm headed like Jalen Green took mm-hmm. it like screw college. I'm headed here. Like, it, like you're still going to like go and go to the NBA. Like what if like if you're that, like, you believe that in yourself good. and you're that good, even if you go to HCCU, you're going to go to the NBA probably. Still, no matter what, like, LaMelo Ball went all the way to Australia. If LaMelo Ball went to like, Howard, like, he still would have been Yeah, like, you'll still, yeah. you'll still go to the NBA, you know what I mean? But it's, I guess it is more about the, the gear and the hype to just have, like, all Experience. these people cheering for you. But, like, in the end, like, if you, if you don't even, they don't even really care about you because if you don't pan out, like, they're just, like, that dude's yeah. a loss. They'll talk mm-hmm. the most crap about you, but, like, if you're doing good, they'll be, like, yeah. Oh, like, bro, what? That's that's yeah. I don't know. That's just weird to me. Like, I would rather appreciate real genuine love. I feel like if you went to HBCU, no matter what, if you do good or bad on the court or in football, whatever you do, I feel like people will love you and respect you, you for what you did. The you know support what I mean? system. Yeah, that's a good point. 
But as like on my team though, I mean, really, I have one teammate. Um, we talk. His sister, she goes Howard, but and that's the only time we really talk about HBCUs. And he's always uh, talked about sometimes like he would have gone if he knew, but. Because yeah. when you at, at that point you're already there and you're on scholarship, so it's yeah. like might as well just finish this out. No, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on this episode. Um, this was fun. Yeah, I know it was a long one. We got into a lot of subtopics off this, but I think oh, yeah. we all can like both agree like yes, a lot of top colleges are like exclusive country clubs yeah, in America. Um, as far as we can do to fix that. I definitely, as far as myself, I would have to get into a position where I have leadership and, power, and ownership yeah. and power to where I can change some things. But it's like, will they ever put you in leadership or power? Okay. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's you know what I mean? Because you said it's like it's like a pipeline. It's all cynical. It's yeah. Like their son and their It's son, like if I tried, if, if, I was, if I was killing it and I tried to be the president of USC, it's like, yo, this dude went to Morehouse. Like, we're not going to let him be the president of USC. That's yeah. their thought process. Now, if you want to be the president of Morehouse, you'd be like, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Because I went to that institution, exactly. so they're like, you know. But if you up and pick them and go to Harvard, they'd be like, where's Jimmy at? I also think it's because, <laughs> like, they'd be like, you don't have experience running a student, or being around a student body that is more than just. Yeah, they say you're not qualified. Yes. Which I feel like is. <laughs> so we don't have to get into all that. Okay. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on this episode, and thank you for listening to this episode of Privileged Black Kids. Please make sure to give a rate interview on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. If you like this episode, screenshot and post in your Instagram stories that you have tuned in. Please tag my personal account, which is underscore Kendall Camp. Also, you can tag and follow Josie's Instagram at Josephina Sims and Josh's Instagrams at Josh Ham. I'll put all of that in the description. All reposts would be greatly appreciated. Again, thank you guys so much for the support and thanks for listening.